Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hub City Homers. My name is Jack and I'm here with my co-host Kendall this week. And uh, we have another uh, Sweet 16 special for y'all this week as uh, we get to interview no other than uh, tech legend Keenan Evans. Uh, Keenan, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to open up. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, I know that uh, our folks will be anxious to listen to this. So um, we kind of want to jump right into the, uh, I guess, start of your career at Texas Tech and, you know, coming from high school and being recruited by uh, Tubby Smith, you know, what is that like to be uh, recruited for, uh, you know, college athletics in itself? Uh, it's a, it's a, a big accomplishment, um, you know, especially when the school is paid for. Uh, that's, you know, something good in your parents' eyes. So, you know, they feel really proud of you. You really feel like you accomplished something. And also being able to do something you love. So it was really, it was really, really big to, you know, be able to go to college, uh, play basketball, also to be recruited by a, a legend. Um, so it was it was a great, great deal. Um, and just kind of going along with that, you know, when Tubby kind of came in, the tech program was not in a great place. What was mm-hmm. really his pitch to kind of get you and really that whole group that came to tech and really started to build this? program like what was really his initial pitch i mean like keeping up with uh you know when they first started recruiting me i i kind of wanted to keep up with the team and seeing how the season was going and you could see the improvement uh with him being there and you know seeing that you know the fans are getting better the team is getting better and uh i think just um the the main thing is uh experience the experience i get coming to a program that's not that's not doing so well. So I just saw a lot of potentially, you know, playing time for myself as well as, you know, other guys coming in that I uh, really liked. And I just saw that us just building, you know, a foundation and trying to become one of the best teams in, in college basketball. And that was, uh, you know, what we did. Speaking on that, do you, uh, I guess, how, how in contact with, with the other people in your recruiting class? Are you like, how much did you talk to the other guys that were getting recruited at the same time? Um, we were, we would like me, Justin, Norris and Zach, like I would talk to them across Twitter sometimes. And me and uh, it's funny cause me, uh, me, Zach and Norris are kind of from the DF, uh, DFW area. So we would play against each other in like high school or like AAU. So I wasn't, you know, like, friends with them but we we knew each other we knew so once i saw that you know that they were getting recruited and when some of them had committed already and i was still like deciding i would uh we would dm each other and you know just talk about certain things so it was it's always cool to uh you know communicate with guys from that dfw area and kind of be able to uh to relate and that group of guys you guys help you know before coach beard you guys made the uh tournament and played butler um, what was just that feeling with that group, you know, that you came in and you're, I think it was sophomore years, you know, just getting 
tech back to the tournament how accomplishing was that for you guys in the program uh it was it was huge um you know it was a uh, i can't remember how long it had been since you know tech had been in the tournament but it was a big deal and i still like i don't know thinking about it now i just feel like even though we made the we made a really good run in the uh, end of the big 12 and made the tournament but i really still don't understand uh i don't think i understood at the time what we were getting ourselves into when it came to the tournament and like you know how big of a deal that was at the time and you know we played a, a really good butler team and you know it was a, a really good game until the end they made a really good run and made some threes and they, they were just like a you know a known program that had been doing you know had accomplished some things over the years so it was a, it was a really good experience though and that that's really what pushed us to get back there in in terms of i guess i I'm, I'm interested into uh how you feel about you know what the teams you were on did in the in the broad terms of tech basketball cuz when you when you talk to a bunch of tech fans you know, people always talk about the recruiting that Tubby did kind of laid the foundation for what uh, tech basketball is now. Uh, do you do you also see it that way? Do you do you realize or do you think of it in that way also? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, you know, even though he you know, he ended up leaving two years after I was there. Like, you know, it's I feel like everybody played a part in it. Um, he, he was a, a huge part because of the class he brought in. And as well as all his assistants that recruited each one of us, so it was, it was definitely a, a big deal uh, with what was going on there. And and yeah, I give him a lot of credit, man. I give him a lot of credit for that. And you talked about how he left two years later. Um, mm -hmm. so that group of senior or group of guys that stayed through the coaching change, what was really the sell on you guys all staying and not transferring when you guys probably all could have transferred and been went to programs that you knew what the immediate future was going to be you know when you hear coach smith is leaving and don't really know what the future holds yeah um it was i think it's just the enjoyment of us playing with each other and just like love like we love playing with each other and you know we bonded like we all rode it was just like a brotherhood like we all rode back home together when we would go home for breaks or when we go home for, you know, to, to just for little weekends and stuff. So I think it's just that brotherhood that um, that we had built and how much we wanted to win and we knew what we could do, especially after having that good sophomore season. And, it, and it's funny to kind of think back on that year because I feel like like nowadays in college, like I think that would be rare for uh, players to do, you know, with the, the state of college basketball, how the transfer portal is like, you know, you transfer and you instantly play and stuff. So it's it's kind of funny to think back on that because I feel like that would probably never happen again. Like, if if it were you know a college situation uh, with you know a group of sophomores or juniors right at this point. So yeah, we just really loved playing with each other and we knew what we could do if we stayed together and just pushed through. On the on the uh, topic of the coaching change. Did did you or any of the guys that say once you found out that it was going to be Coach Beard and all the assistances he was bringing in, did y'all know anything about what was to come, or uh, did you know anything about it in general, anything about him in general? Um, the only thing I knew was that he used to be a part of the staff at Tech, and 
Todrick Gocher, one of the former players, a uh, big part of uh, Tech Basketball Foundation being built. Um, he, I talked to him, and he was just telling me, like, how amazing of a guy he was and how he really liked him. And he was probably, like, the first person I talked to um, I talked to about Coach Beard. But before that, I didn't really just know anything uh, about Coach Beard before he got there. Um, And with Coach Beard coming in, uh, was there really a culture change or was it more of just the, he helped the culture develop? Like, was that culture started uh, with Coach Tubby Smith and the group that came in? Or was there a little bit of a kind of a change uh, as time went on when Coach Beard got there? No, that was like a, it was like a complete 180. Uh, it was just like, you know, Coach Coach uh, Tubby had his ways of doing things. It was like an old school, more fashion and. You know, Coach Beard kind of brought the new school kind of way to the to the uh, program. And it was just like, you know, both had their winning ways and, and the way to do stuff. But it was still a, a, a different deal with how you worked and how you did certain things when it came to film. And uh, it, it was just everything. Everything was just different. And it was like, you know, it, it was good because we, we adjusted re- uh, really well. And he was a player's coach. So everybody, you know was able to really get along with them and uh, able to accept it and band together. How much more uh, defensive drills did you have to do after Beard came in? Uh, you know, that first, like, you know, how every team has that, you know, kind of like boot camp at the beginning of the year. It's always a, a ton of, of defensive drills. So it was definitely, um, you know, a, emphasis on if you want to play like you you better uh if you want to get time on the court you better uh be able to play defense so you really had to take defense more more seriously and not kind of just look at it as like all right let me play defense so i can go on offense and you know get buckets so it was definitely like if you if you want to play for me at least you got to be able to play defense and uh with coach beard obviously came uh coach mark adams uh him just what did he bring when he was more – he wasn't the uh, associate head coach at that time when he came in. He was just uh, one of the assistants. So was he, you know, as imp- – not important, I guess, as involved with the game planning as he was, you know, a little further down the line at Tech when some assistants left and he kind of got an elevated role? Or was, like, were more people involved with that defensive system? Um, man, see, that's the funny part. I wish everyone, like, I wish, I don't know, I just wish everyone could have saw the the Coach Adams I met. Like, it's it's like a completely different person. And it was, like, hilarious for me to see when I saw him first, like, uh, on Coach Beard's uh, coaching staff when they were at Arkansas Little Rock. Um, But when I first, you know, when I first got to Tech and it was under, uh, you know, Coach Tubby, Coach Adams was just, like, you know, a kind of guy that kind of stood over to the side and it would kind of coach you a little bit. But only time – I feel like the only time I was, uh, I saw Coach Adams kind of yell or snap would probably have been like two times out of the entire time he was there, two or three times where he just got completely pissed off with the team, whether it be a practice or a game, not like hustling hard enough. And, you know, when he came back – um with with coach beard it was just like man first day he's yelling and he's uh head of defense so it was just like it was completely different and it was funny to see 
Like, I'm like, oh, man, it's like the real Coach Adams. Like, I, I, I'm finally meeting him. Like, you know, he was just quiet. You know, like like he is in his uh, um, interviews after the game, like calm demeanor, you know, nice, uh, old-fashioned uh, guy. And, and, and it was funny to see, like, this side of him uh, just pumped up, you know, getting on you if you're not hustling. So, yeah, he had a much different role when uh, he came in with Coach Beard uh, with, uh, defensively. Going to, uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of pan to uh, the Elite Eight run. Uh, yeah. You know, one of one of the better, uh, more recognizable seasons for Tech fans. Uh, you know, that year you have a pretty, uh, I guess, serious injury, and mm-hmm. uh, that year I I kind of wondered while I was watching because that was a, during my time at Tech. Uh, yeah. So uh, I always wondered, you know, was that something that happened? on one play and you just kind of knew immediately and you went, or was it something that had been kind of progressive over time? No, it was, um, it's funny. I always remember like it's yesterday. Um, it was on literally on one play. Uh, it was during the Baylor game. Um, I had drove to the ball and I had did like a jump stop and I, I had stepped on one of their big man's foot, like when I when I came to a jump stop, and then when I planted to jump again, I my foot was just like in a weird way on top of their foot, <clears throat> and it just kind of I felt like my big toe like popped, and I don't know it was weird like for a second I was like kind of nervous, and then it was like a dead ball. I uh, went over to the sideline. I was like, I need a sub. I went over to the sideline. I'm like telling our trainer, I'm like. Uh, I was like, I think I just broke my big toe. And he's like, no way. It's like, no way. There's absolutely no way you broke your big toe. And I was like, I think I did, man. I can't I can't uh, really feel it right now, but it just doesn't feel normal. And um, we, we it was like two minutes until halftime. We waited until halftime, um, went into the locker room. We kind of looked at it, was bending it, and was like, it doesn't seem broken. Like everything seems in place and stuff or whatever. It's nothing. It's not crazy swelling. You can walk on it. Right. And I was like, yeah, but it's pretty painful. So I got up and kind of tried to move and do like a shuffle or, you know, some just mobility. And I just couldn't move. Like I was kind of stuck. Like I was in a lot of pain and he was just like, all right, that's it for this game. Like you just can't, you can't move. You can't play. So, yeah, I had to go out of that game and, you know, sit on the sideline. It was just like a tough loss, especially because we had been on such a good run. And then um, I think right after the game, um, it kind of sucked because I had a lot of family and friends in town to see us in Waco. Um, I had to go right to the Baylor's facility to do an X-ray. And, you know, it shows something that was, like, broken inside of it. And it was just like – it was just like a – I don't know. My heart just dropped. Like, it's, it sucked. And it was just like that it couldn't get worse. And it really the only thing it could do was get better. Like I just changed my insoles and I would uh just do a lot of stuff, like a lot of treatment, pretty much around the clock to kind of just stay ready. But yeah, it was uh it was a one game thing. Uh and just kind of leading off of that, you know, that postseason you obviously were really playing through that injury the rest of the season. Um, how much do you think it really affected it, your game over time? Because it, like in the NCAA tournament, you still had an amazing run, obviously. But do you think yeah. it could have been that much better without that injury, or, or do you think possibly just 
playing through that adversity may have also kind of helped you play a little bit better better with just that adversity? Uh, I think I would have played um, much better without the injury, of course, because I just felt like at that time uh, I was just in an unbelievable zone. Like I just felt like my team was in a, a really good zone and we were just all on uh, – we were just gelling and we were just all playing really good basketball at that time which was like the best time to be getting into your groove inside of March. So, um, but definitely, um, you know, around that time and uh, when we were playing the tournament, it was definitely hard to play. But, you know, those guys, like like my teammates, have made it easier for me because they picked up the slack on a lot of stuff. And also the trainers, man, uh, they would literally just be in my room at like midnight, 1 a.m., you know, doing treatment with me. So it was just like, the little stuff that I really appreciated because I was a, uh, it was it was a it was a tough time man the amount of pain that I was playing through but it was also a lot of fun man I wouldn't I wouldn't take back anything I wouldn't sit out I'd do the same thing and kind of fight through that injury. Before we get too uh, too much farther into the tournament, uh, you know I would be I would be in it would be in poor taste for me not to talk about uh, the Texas game at home. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, the game winner and, you know, having seen that being replayed so many times over the years, um, I want to ask two questions first, when that ball is inbounded to you and you're coming down the court, do you know that you're going to take that shot and B, does it, does it look weird to see it back on replay? Does it seem any different to you now? If you look back on it, you know, years down the road. Um, when I first got inbounded the ball, man, it was like, I don't know. It was just kind of like everything was moving in slow motion. Cause it's just like, I mean, I don't know if either one of y'all goes to the gym, the rec to play basketball, but I mean, even now I'll be like, uh, when I'm getting just after practice reps, I'll be kind of doing the same situation. Everybody still does that, that three, two, one in your head when you're in your room shooting, you know, uh, invisible ball like it's, it's stuff that you live for but I didn't know exactly what move I was going to do and it was kind of a read but man it, it's crazy to look back on it and it feels like it was just like yesterday like last it's like it was last year but it's crazy to see how it's like four years old now and it's also just you know just a fun moment I feel like one of the you know best best moments of my career it was just a fun day man it was I don't know, fun game, especially, you know, being able to beat uh, Texas that way. Yeah, and that that team just in general, that, that team had a lot of gritty, close wins. Uh, you know, what game do you think that regular season, do you think that Texas game was the most important kind of going into the postseason, or do you think there was other games that kind of uh, were just a little more important than other ones that year? Um, I felt like we had a really good win at K-State that year. And I don't know, like, we, I mean, I'm sure you see every year how uh, hard it is to win there. And once we, once we kind of got a really good win there and I was just like, okay, man, that's, that's, that's huge. Like each time we got a win, I'm just like, man, Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, at Kansas State. Oh, I'm like, okay, man, these are, these are, these are huge. But obviously, um, you know, I feel like that's a, a big staple win as well. Um, 
But man, those 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 like Allen Fieldhouse wins and um the Kansas State wins are were, were huge for that season as well. Going on uh going on that I guess from that team, you know, uh do you feel like there was a other than I guess other than uh the Texas game was there like a signature moment that you that you like to think back on uh, from your career uh, at Tech? Is there just a, one game that stands out? It could be from your freshman year or your senior year. You know, uh, is there one that really sticks out to you other than that Texas game? Um, I feel like one like one big moment was um, I don't know, just like my freshman year, we had beat I think Iowa State, and that was just like my first time being a part of a. Uh, such a big game where all the fans rushed the floor. And at that time, we were still like a, a, a you know, bad team and had a losing record in the Big 12. But, you know, just that feeling of, of beating a highly ranked team because, you know, they had George's Niang, Monte Morris. Uh, you know, they were they were a really stacked team, Nas Long, uh, Matt Thomas. They were, you know, a great, great team. So just that team, it just, I don't know, it just put that taste in your mouth where it's just like, man, I want to. I want to be one of these teams. Um, I want to be one of these teams where you have a target on your back and teams rush the floor when they beat you. Um, and I feel like that's just what was um, one of the things that made me hungrier throughout college. And you know, now that you mentioned that, like looking at where Tech is now as a program, like we Tech is that you know multiple teams rush the floor after beating Tech this year. Uh, is it just kind of refreshing to see you guys really help jumpstart, you know, getting this program to the top of college basketball? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I bet it's I bet it's funny now seeing um, like I always kind of laugh when I see um, other teams rush the floor and I'm like, yeah, like we're ranked like number nine, number 10. But it's just still funny because I'm just like. Those guys, like, they don't even notice, like, or they just don't, they don't even understand how, like, just four years, like, you know, five, six years ago, how we were that team rushed, like, our fans were that, 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 uh, our fans were the people that were rushing the floor against teams like that. So it's just, it's just funny to see, but it's, it's always cool now to, to see, you know, the target on our back and we getting the respect that we deserve. When I, I, I remember when I was at Tech, uh, when I was a freshman, um, I remember there was a point where you could show up probably, I think it was probably about five to ten minutes after tip, and you could still get a second yeah. or third row seat in the student section. Is it, how cool is it to, see, I, mean, you, I mean, you've already kind of touched on it, but it just it's really cool even for me as someone who has really nothing to do with the program, just, you know, uh, writing articles about it. But it's so cool for me to see, uh, you know, that kids are camping out days before these games. I know that it must it must be awesome for you to see that also. Man, uh, me and Norris talk about that uh, sometimes. And it's, it's funny because, like, I'm like, man, after that Elite Eight run, I was like, I wish I had at least one more year or two more years to kind of experience the type of love that y'all get now, like the, the team gets now. Even though it was great when I was like, you know, it was like towards the end of the year, it got really great because it's funny when you look at, um, like when I look back at 
pictures at the beginning of my senior year, like of me, like in a game, it's it's you can still see kind of how empty the the gym is. Like it's a good crowd, but it's still pretty like empty. And then you know, as we were having that good season, um, you it was you know the rest of the pictures were like towards later that year were packed every game and you know and so on and so on, but. It's always funny to see these uh, tents being set up and, you know, pizza being brought. And uh, I see uh, the, the, the football coach out there showing love and just all the stuff that was going on that uh, that, that made that environment so fun for people to uh, spend the night outside the gym and stuff and wait for games. And uh, just about kind of going more in depth with that Elite Eight run now, uh, you know, going – into that tournament, it was the first time in a really long time that Tech had expectations going into a tournament, going in there as a three seed. How much different was it to go into that and prepare kind of as that higher seed rather than being that, I think it was nine seed um, the first time you guys went? Um, it was, it was kind of, I don't know. I feel like the first round was always that round where we were just like, we're not, we're not going to be that team. No matter what, we're not going to be that team that, that, you know, is like the, the embarrassing high seed that gets embarrassed by the lower seed. Like let's not be that, be that team. And so after, you know, after that first round, you know, your nerves are pretty much gone. Um, and, you know, and after the second round, then it's like, okay, now it's like really time to have fun. Um, and we, we went out there, got both of them, and then went to the Sweet 16, beat a really good Purdue team, and then, you know, ended up playing the, the go on to be champion. So it, it was um, – it wasn't too hard to, to prepare because, like, the coaches we had and the players we had, we weren't – we weren't – we were always pushing each other, not letting each other settle. So it, it was, it was, you know, it was a, you know, a, a pretty easy thing to do. Um, you know, we still had a chip on our shoulder because we feel like we didn't get the respect that we deserved. When you look at, and I guess when you watch games now, I feel like everyone, everyone can kind of nitpick. And I guess, especially you, since you, since you're a former player and you kind of see guys and, you know, they do something and it kind of just irks you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I've been known to, or I've, I'm known in like within our uh, Slack chat and everything to always talk about uh, free throws. I know you were one of the uh, better free throw shooters that tech ever had. Does it, does it kind of, does it kind of drive you crazy sometimes when you see the missed free throws? Uh, it, it does. But then like at the end of the day, I kind of try to go back and like, I don't know. I'm trying to, I try to remember like, man, like, I'm a player too. I got to understand. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's weird when it comes to free throws. It's like, I feel like some people just, I don't know. Some people have it and some people just don't. It's like a, it's never like a in between type of thing. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a weird deal, but like, and the crazy part is, you know, that they put on, put in a lot of work at the free throw line. I'm sure that they know that that's, that's like a, a big staple and a big point in there with what they need to do to win games is free throws. And, and I'm sure even when they, when they step to the line, they kind of know like, 
another game, like let's not miss free throws. And I think they put just put too much pressure on themselves instead of thinking just shoot instead of, uh, and they're probably just thinking like, man, I can't. Last game I went three for seven. Like I, I got to make it instead of just relaxing and just, you know, just believing in yourself and making the free throw. And you know, it's always tough when you get on. Um, I, I hope they stay off of like Twitter or just you know not not follow too many uh fans or uh sports pages where they just you know they see everyone critiquing uh the free throw shooting and everything about their game but and that's and that's the thing about what i always when people are always talking about that i i I really i really feel the same way i'm yeah if i was if if i was a player the first thing i would think it was these guys some of these people have never even stepped on a basketball court yeah, that are, yeah. that are critiquing and that are sitting on the couch. You know, they're eating potato chips, watching, <laughs> watching yeah. y'all play in these, these games that matter so much. So yeah, a, a lot think, of, a lot of people that do it really have no room to be talking. Yeah. I think the, I think the worst part that I, that I hate seeing on Twitter, that's why I never try to really comment too much on Twitter. Um, I'll just kind of laugh at certain things or, or, you know, say something here and there, but, one of the things that irritates me the most is like when I see people tweeting about the game and they'll like mention the player, like, uh, instead of just saying their name, they like at the player in the tweet when conversating with another person, I'm like, please don't do that, man. Like, you know, not everyone handles, uh, I don't want to say like cyber bullying, but like not everybody. Cause you know, these players, they go through, they get on Twitter and they look at their mentions. They look at, uh, you know, not people might think just because they have a lot of followers and this and that that they don't really see what's being tweeted about them. Because I'm sure you know some players. Because I, even I did it in college sometimes. Like after a bad game or a good game, I would you know tweet my name or search my name and see what's being said about me. So uh, I just hope that they're able to handle it well, and I'm I'm sure they are because you know they're doing so good. Yeah, and uh, I mean text fan base. It can be re- like if if they're not if the team isn't doing great, uh, a lot of fans can be extremely hard and toxic. Um, but you know how easy is it to kind of just block that out sometimes? Like, is that culture just really good about kind of blocking out any outside noise, good or bad? It's honestly, it's not even. Uh, I I don't even think it's like a a team thing. It's just kind of like an individual thing because, you know, once you're not with your team and you're just at home and, and sitting down and you're in your room at the hotel, like when, like they're at the hotel right now, just chilling. Um, it's easy to just open your phone and get to reading that D reading uh, DMS and, and tweets. Like I'm sure they can go on any Texas tech Twitter, just like y'all can. And just, and, you know, see all the stuff being said, especially like after a game when you're like, you get on social media and you see you, you're kind of catching up on all the tweets and you know the way Twitter is set up, it's like always um, you know things you might have missed. It's like always that thing, things you might have missed, and it'll like reference and put in stuff that even people you don't follow just because they're talking about tech and they you know your phone knows you're a Texas Tech basketball player because you follow this account and like these type of tweets. Like it'll generate those tweets into your timeline. So it honestly kind of like a uh, you kind of just got to be able to take it. Um, and I don't know if, like, you know, the team is like, hey, we'll delete Twitter, you know, until the tournament's over or social. I don't know. But 
as a person, as a player, you kind of just got to handle it yourself. And if you can't handle it, you kind of just got to really mute it or, you know, make it where people can't tweet you or DM you. And you kind of just got to not follow those type of accounts where it pops up. I like the I like the idea of deleting it. I just feel like that would be just a foolproof way where, you know, yeah. nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to slip through the cracks. If you just delete it off your phone yeah. and don't and don't look on your laptop or whatever, then there's no way you're going to see it. Yeah. But think uh, about how you yeah. use social media so much now. Like, do you think yeah. you'd be able to do it? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. You're right. Picking up your phone and be like, ah, I deleted the app. Like, I forgot. <laughs> yeah absolutely i'm just gonna put it in like safari or whatever and go and go look it up real quick for sure um i guess uh we we asked norris about it last week and i kind of want to hear your uh answer on a question of um just the difference in um uh, the difference in preparing for games in the ncaa tournament uh you know they're like in between the round of 64 and the round of 32 you know you have one day but you kind of have like if we're in the slot that we're in right now, you know, you have three or four days to prepare in between the round of 32 yeah. and uh, yeah. 16. Uh, you know, just uh, if you would kind of talk about, uh, you know, a normal day uh, when you have the three to four days to prep versus a normal day, uh, you know, when you win in the round of 64 and you play the next day in the round of 32. Um, I feel like the hardest job really – the hardest job is the coach's job, like the, the whole staff, like they're up late, like really making film, not really getting sleep. Um, uh, you know, their nerves are bad as a coach because they don't want to feel like they didn't prepare you. So they're they're You know, they, they have the hardest job, which is getting the film ready, analyzing each player. What is their strength? What is their weaknesses? How are we going to guard this? How are we going to attack them? So I feel like their job is the hardest part. And as a player, uh, just, you know, trying to uh, really lock in the film and understand, you know, those like what those players want to do. And really, at the end of the day, like it's just going to come down to instincts uh, at this point when you got a, a quick bounce back. Just really instincts and, you know, communication in a game on defense. Like you just got to really communicate. Um, cause you know, everybody's adrenaline is going to be going, everybody's going to be playing hard, but that stuff's going to come down to who's, who's more focused, who's more locked in, who's, uh, on the same page, who's, um, you know, you know, who wants it more. So it, it really just comes down to that type of stuff. And, you know, that's a great kind of lead in going into this game against Duke for this, uh, squad right now. Um, you know, what does their mindset have to be? Obviously, there is a ton of storylines surrounding mostly Duke's side with, you know, it being Coach K's last run. A lot of attention and spotlight is going to be on them and this game. Uh, you know, how can they prepare for this game and just treat it like, you know, just another game and just kind of block out all the noise? Because I don't necessarily know how many people think Tech is going to be able to go in and beat Duke. Uh, there's not a lot of people that there's a lot of people that do want to see, you know, Coach K advance and get to a, a final four in his last year. But, you know, what can Tech do to really go and stop that? Um, Honestly, not not really. You know, film is only going to get you so far. Um, Really, it's all kind of like it all comes down to just want it, man. This is like. 
especially being in a tournament, um, you really, you know, you get to play people outside of your conference. And this is teams that you see, you know, Duke is a legendary program. So it's just like, like, man, I finally get to play like Duke. Like, I, like you know, I, it's Duke. Like, it's people you want to play against, people that's on the draft board, people that's, you know, got all the, the, the hype and attention behind them. It's kind of like I want to make a name for myself. This, they said this person is going first round or second round. I want to prove that, you know, that I'm I deserve to be up there too. So it's really like, you know, just the, I want it more. Like I don't want like who cares about Coach K's last year? Like this is this is my last year too as like a senior. Like you know, it's it's it just comes down to just wanting it more, man, and not trying to be on someone's uh, highlight tape. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. As as we wind down here, I kind of want to get your idea on. Um, the bigger scope of things, um, you know, when people look at Texas Tech basketball, they think of names that are synonymous with the program. Uh, they think of, you know, Jarek Culver, uh, you know, you definitely are probably one of the first names that comes to my mind is Keenan mm-hmm. Evans because you were the guy when I was in school. And yeah. now, and now to see, uh, you know, all these other guys step up, you know, Tariq Owens uh, from the Final Four run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last year it could have been Mac McClung for tech, you know, this year, you know, it, it it's everyone from Bryson to, uh, to Kevin O'Banner, uh, yeah. and all these other guys, um, that came in, you know, in your eyes, what does it feel like, I guess, to be a guy, you know, to, to know that when people think about, Texas Tech basketball, you know, one of the first names they think of is Keenan Evans. Is that just kind of cool? Like, do you feel like that mark has been made or do you, does it just constantly push you to want to be better or both? Um, it, I, I like it a lot. Like, I love the the, the respect because I feel like, you know, I put in a lot of work um, to kind of get that reputation. But then also it kind of um, it kind of kind of backfires in a way, like sucks in a way of like, when I'm on Twitter scrolling and I see like, you know, or I'm engaging in fan talk and like, um, or just watching. And I see people saying like, yeah, um, yeah, we need a new player or this, they're no Keenan Evans or like, they're this, they're like, they're not that. And it's kind of like, man, like, I don't want like, you know, I don't want them to see that and kind of, you know, be down on themselves. And, and it's just like, um, you know, I, I kind of want, you know, the fans to love our players for who they are instead of kind of like always comparing them to me um, or just, you know, previous players in general. And, you know, like I said, I love it, but then it's just kind of harsh at times when I see them kind of like, you know, talking down on the players like, yeah, we would have won this game. If we had a Keenan. It's kind of like, well, Keenan's been going for four years now. And it's kind of like you kind of got to that saying has to kind of be gone now. So I don't know. It's, 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 you know, I love it in the respects of, um, you know, people saying I was one of the, the, the people to really build, uh, help build the foundation. And in other ways it kind of, you know, it kind of gets like, Oof, like, you know, kind of burning people on the internet. <laughs> and now, you know, you're kind of, you've obviously been, gone from tech about four years now mm-hmm. uh, how did tech really help prepare you though for your professional career whether it was you know the g league or your overseas in israel now like what has really helped develop you and what have you carried with you from tech 
Uh, I just feel like the the amount of work you put in, like, feel like, you know, over here as a professional, it's it's more easier than it and than it was like as far as like, you know, this is my job now, so I don't have homework and tests and group projects to meet up with, all while putting in, um, you know, extra shots in and extra work. So. They kind of, especially when Coach Beard's staff and everyone came in, they really changed the way I worked. Like, you know, I put in work, but they they really took me to another level and just prepared me for uh, even even the, you know, switching coaches. Like, I've had to do that since I've, you know, been in pro seasons during the middle of a season. So it just gets you ready for um, all types of relationships and, you know, just a grind, man. Really just a grind and just playing basketball and just learning. I feel like they've taught me a, a lot of stuff about, about basketball that has translated into my pro career. Uh, for my last question, I kind of want to go off the topic of basketball. And, you know, you spent four years in Lubbock. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you like to do around town or, you know, around campus even like when you weren't getting up extra shots in the gym or when you weren't, you know, studying and doing whatever for school, is there something in particular that you like to do just in your spare time when you like maybe in the off season when you didn't have uh, all that extra work going that just something that you like to do, like even with teammates or by yourself or something, is there like just something in particular that you kind of miss now about uh, Lubbock itself? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Um, feel like I wish one thing that I really wish I took advantage of. Um, I've always been kind of like a, a chill person, like a very, very, very big introvert, especially in college. Um, and one of the things I wish I took advantage of, advantage of was just being in a college environment, like on Broadway and stuff, even though I didn't really drink or anything. Um, really just wish that I took advantage of hanging out, just being on that on that in that type of atmosphere, just making more friends and just doing a lot of that type of stuff. But in general, just hanging out with my teammates, man, like not even just a certain thing. Like we could just be in the living room, everybody in the living room, and we all always live close to each other. So we just walk to each other's apartments and really just 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 hanging. We would go uh hang out by the pool, you know, just really just being in the the presence of um of others, man. It's really nothing like it. Uh, once you, once you leave, uh, because, you know, now, you know, you play with people who have families, wives, kids, so it's just not the same. Um, and it, it's really different. So you just can't really take it for granted. And I'm sure, I'm sure it's different for, uh, for y'all since y'all graduated, like, you know, everybody, everybody being in that tight knit community, everybody your age, and it's just different, uh, once oh, you yeah. graduate and move on. And it's just like, man, like, like everybody was down the street from each other and you could just hang out and now it's just like everybody lives in another state another uh another uh city you know just another country for me at least and then it's just like um you know everybody has their own schedule so it's you know it's harder to meet up and do stuff and you know hang yeah absolutely how how often are you uh still in contact with guys from uh the teams here like i i'm i'm sure you still talk to like norrence all the time and yeah uh, stuff like that uh, who are some of the other guys that you're still in contact with uh, i still i mean i still talk to pretty much almost you know really pretty much the guys that i came out uh came in with like 
talk to Justin a lot, Zach uh, sometimes, you know, obviously Norris. I still talk to Devin Thomas. Um, uh, Naeem just actually FaceTimed me yesterday, so I still talk to him a lot. And, you know, especially, you know, guys from that DFW area, I still talk to Tydrick. Um, and I, I talked to quite a few of the guys from the team. Uh, I still, you know, talked to Andrew. I was uh, at his wedding this past summer. So, you know, I still talk to quite a few of, of the guys. Those are, you know, brothers for life. Um, those weren't just bonds on the basketball court. Still keeping contact, contact with Matthew Temple. So um, those, are, those are guys that, you know, when, it, when it's summertime, I try to always meet up with them or see each one of them some type of way. I know that I said it was my last question. I'm going to get one more in real quick. Yeah. Um, farther down the line, down the road, uh, it's, you know, 20 years, you're, you're done playing professionally. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you have any, any sort of want to coach or, and it doesn't have to be at the collegiate level. Like it could be at any level. Does, does coaching ever interest you in any way? Oh man. Um, I am not sure. Uh, you know, as a basketball player, you, you kind of always think about that and people always mention it, but I don't know, man, I've seen some, I've seen some 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 coaches' lives, man, and how you know stressful it can be, and you know moving your kids often, and you know kind of going from being a player to kind of almost having to live in the same lifestyle as a coach, traveling and living, you know, away from people and stuff like that. It's kind of it's kind of tough, and I'm not sure exactly if I would be able to do it, but I'm not completely taking that off the table. So I don't know. I don't know how I would feel by the time I my career is over, but yeah, man, that's, it's always been a thought, but I don't know, man, that's such a tough, a tough field, man, a very tough field. And yeah. it's stressful, man. People, you go, I'm gonna go bald early, man. I'm gonna go bald early. Trying to be <laughs> and, uh, well, I, while we're getting ready to wrap this up, I guess my last question is just, you know, can we get a prediction for a text game against Duke tomorrow? Oh man, uh, like a prediction as a score or a prediction win lose? Like, uh, I mean, if you want to give a score, or mostly just like win lose, how you see it playing out? Man, uh, I feel like there's only one way for me to answer this question. Like, y'all trying to get me killed on Twitter or something? Like, <laughs> uh, of course, <laughs> I mean, of course, of course, tech winning, man. Uh, but uh, like, like, I mean, like always from a fan's perspective, it's like I always see our defense as you know being the anchor but you know what just worries me is like the offense like what do we have a plan what is the plan for offense because we get very stagnant at times and um you know it's kind of tough to watch but as a player i try to be understanding like i don't know like i don't know but it it gets kind of weird at uh you know point in time but i just think that our defense will will hold on tight but our offense will hopefully pull through i want it to be i don't think it'll be as good as the first round but just better than the second round so as long as we get uh, a mix of you know both then we'll be good so all right well uh keenan thank you very so much for uh joining us today and uh you know good luck the rest of your uh basketball season and uh wreck them no problem man thank you for having me